Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello and welcome to podcast episode number 147. I'm Zoner. And I'm Zook. And we are joined by Daria of Redheaded Geek. Daria, go ahead and say hi. Hey guys, thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us. Now, uh, we have a lot to cover, and uh, this is actually our second time covering it, so hopefully it'll work well this time. Uh, but first, we want to give a shout-out to our friends over at trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, openbookaudio.com, and stitcher.com. Also, a shout-out to our friend Squishy at Squishy's Comics and Movies. Uh, he is now actually on the radio. You can catch him. He's moved to Thursdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. On Radio KC, oh geez, I've screwed it up. KSCR. KSCR, that's right. For our second time doing this intro, you'd think I would have memorized <laughs> it this time. Okay, uh, we are Schmidtyless this week. Unfortunately, he's having some computer internet issues, so he will not be able to join us. But we are, like I said before, we are received by the beautiful and wonderful Daria, who has seen fit to join us this week. And Schmitty better get his ISP in gear so that she does not usurp his position as our third host on the show. Exactly. I wouldn't be sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, into our news this week. First off, we have some more hack news out of Target. Uh, we had, over the past few weeks, we've been talking about the Target data breach that happened. First uh, news came out that it was $40 million that had been compromised then uh, it turned out 70 million uh, credit cards have been compromised but no more just 70 million then it came out that well no more than just their credit card information also their names their addresses their phone numbers historical data it's it's all been lost and finally it turns out that it's actually like 110 because it's not 40 it's not 70 it's 40 plus 70 well i think they know how it's been done now and who did it it turns out it was not someone who hacked the customer database like you'd expect, and it wasn't anyone who got in through the firewall through the online system. Someone actually compromised a point-of-sale register. Which is amazing to me. It's, it's absolutely amazing to me, but it's a huge vulnerability there that they're sitting there with. They're connected to the network. People aren't standing guard over them. You know, it's like leaving an open workstation. Well, yeah, I mean, we've all, I mean, I think everyone in America has worked to register at some point, right? We've all had that kind of crap first job. Right. And I remember, I remember being there. It's like, the, you don't think about checking your register. You go there, you check in, you put your till in, you enter your code, your shift starts. You don't inspect it to make sure that someone else hasn't hooked an unauthorized USB device into the back of it. It's not your job. Right. And and the whole argument that they're saying is is it the IT professionals are are they supposed to lose their jobs because of this or uh do we know enough about the security measures that were even taken? Like what what exactly happened? Was it was it the clerk that was scanning the items that wasn't paying attention or somebody in the background? Right. And, and uh, from the other side, if you work in IT, you don't immediately think about going to go check all of the registers all the time. That's not part of your job either, right? I mean, that's the thought. So there's this huge gap that someone went in and found and thought of, hey, that's a great place to hit. I'll do that. And they did. And it worked. Uh, it's still hooked into the same network. I wonder how long it's going to be before we start hearing stories of people putting, I don't know, little filter catcher keylogger type deals on the credit card machines. Right. Well, they've, they've, I have never actually seen um, evidence of this, but there's been news for a long time about people who go in and they cover up like the ATM swipe machine, the, the little cards reader, yeah. and put their own one, and it just grabs information. And they're always saying, be warned, don't use your card at the pump. I've always chalked it up to internet hoaxes, 
but maybe this is just something we're starting to see now where people are actually using hardware hacks to get our information at the point of sale. It's brilliant. It, it it's, really is brilliant because there's not a whole lot you can do about it. You give your card to the to the cashier and you have a certain level of trust that your data is not going to be ripped out from under you, yet here it is getting ripped out from under us. <laughs> Precisely. Now, um, they think they know who did this, uh, and they know that because the code that was put onto those devices was written in Russian. Uh, well, to be fair, it was written in code, but someone put you know the, the comment lines, and they were in Russian. So they think it was a Russian uh, group that was doing this, but they've struck again, actually. They're not just hitting Target. They're hitting uh, – a news has come out that they also hit Neiman Marcus. Mm-hmm. Those Neiman I, Marcus shoppers. Now, Neiman Marcus, they're the ones with the black and white cookie recipe that's, like, famous. Were they just trying to get that cookie recipe? Is, is, I'd imagine they were actually trying to get a whole lot of money. Um, where Target actually usually has a whole lot of online shoppers, and they're, they're, they're usually poor people like me. You know, I call it Target. You know. <laughs> You're not the only one that calls it Target. Oh, I know. It's it's, it's, it's kind of a it's a hipster thing. I promise. Yeah, but uh, Neiman Marcus people, they typically spend a lot more. They have a lot more money to take, as it were. Uh, and strangely, I, I think Daria, you actually brought this up to us because I wasn't aware of this. But Neiman Marcus's online customer database was kept secure. It was fine. Right. It was right. only the. It was only the in-store system that was compromised, which leads me to believe that maybe Neiman Marcus uses a different system for the online shopping than they do for their in-store. Yeah, and even in-store, um, they, they're they different than uh, other stores because pins aren't, like their pin numbers aren't at risk either at uh, Neiman Marcus. Their stores don't require pin numbers for some reason. They so, just kind of assume that you're going to do everything on credit. Yeah, maybe so. Well, now, this is kind of a scary level of exploit because back in the day, I mean, well, back in the day, meaning, you know, a couple months ago, it was always the idea that if you use your card online, if you do online shopping, then you should know how to pr- protect yourself. It's your safety is in your own hands. But if something happens, you knew it was because you're doing something online. There's kind of that risk associated with it. But now, if they're catching you when you're going into the store and using your card, that's a whole different demographic of people. That's people who specifically stay away from the online shopping because they don't understand technology. Mm-hmm. And they're still getting their stuff compromised. They're still getting their money stolen. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, it, with with all of the, you know, the information that's been coming out, the all of the whistleblowing, the breaching, all the all of these things, no one should be surprised if this kind of thing happens again with another store or anything. And did you guys get the the email from Target? Um, it kind of scared me at first. I got it yesterday, saying. You know, if you happen to have shopped at Target, you might be pretty much at risk for this kind of thing. And I, I kind of freaked out and read it to my husband. He's like, Daria, everyone got that. Don't freak out. I, I mean, didn't. We, I, I didn't, did not either. But friend of the show, Amber, did. You didn't did. get that? Uh-oh. Yeah, she did. Okay. Maybe we're the ones actually at risk. I'm scared now. Maybe I shouldn't have deleted that email. <laughs> well, it, that makes me really nervous, though, because my wife and I, we did, like, one night of Christmas shopping, and we just dropped a boatload of money at Target. And mm-hmm. it was right during that window where they say, oh, well, you're you're at risk if you shop. And I've been watching my bank accounts. I've been, you know, everything I can. Yeah. But who knows? Six months from now, I could go buy a house and, oh, wait. This isn't right. Yeah, I know. Although that could work to my advantage, too. (laughs) No, I I didn't go on that cruise in in February. That's that's nonsense. You guys are crazy. You must be part of that conspiracy. Um, No. (laughs) But that's what worries me is, um, you know, is this going to continue? 
a purchase I made for some family members over Christmas. Am I going to get an email in six months? You know, yeah. so we've been checking our bank account. Everything's fine. But to know that you guys didn't get an email, now I'm a little freaked out. You know what I mean? I'm a little scared. Maybe they're oh, well. just taking their time getting to us. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> All right. Moving into some of our other news. Oh, even more scary news, actually. Uh, this one from the tinfoil hat department of the NSA. Again, like we've said in weeks past, all this stuff is leaking out about the NSA, and I trust it, but I'm kind of wondering, like, where is that line of reality and conspiracy going to fall? Like, Are we going to get so roped into all this that we're going to end up believing a, a hoax? This latest one turns out that the NSA has developed a way to hack computers that aren't connected to networks. This one requires a little bit of actual uh, know-how. They actually hook in a device somehow. They have to target the device first, get an agent to hook it in, and like a USB stick, uses low-frequency radio waves to allow them to gain access to the computer. Now, that sounds kind of hokey. I mean, who's ever heard of such a device? Well, your old Kindle used to do that. The first-generation Kindle used Amazon's WhisperSync and it used the same low-frequency radio waves to download books to your device. You didn't need a computer at all. Right. So this is not so out of the realm of possibility. That's true. I mean, at this point, news with the NSA, none of it is shocking to me whatsoever. Um, even hearing this, you know, if you're off, if your computer's offline, we're still watching kind of thing. I, it's not surprising to me whatsoever. It's 1984. That's We're living in it, 1984. Though, honestly, it, if your computer's offline, how much really bad stuff are they seeing anyway? Right, but, you know, why? Why are they needing to... Why, do, why even attempt to look into someone's information when they're not online? If, if the whole point, they say, is to be, quote... You know, looking for people that are suspicious or terrorist activity or things like that. And what terrorist activity are you really doing? I guess, I guess you could do ter- You could do anything pretty much offline. But well, it's in this day and age, it's almost an anomaly to find somebody who's offline. So that right there could be mm-hmm. a flag in and of itself. But you know, they say they're not targeting U.S. citizens. Well, they're Schmitty we've, right now. He's offline. We've heard that before. Yeah, what happened to him? <laughs> he li- he lives like three hours. Uh, sorry, three miles from the NSA facility. Yeah, does he? Are you? Serious? Oh yeah, yep. you know when people cool. say that there's this weird warehouse out in uh, the Utah desert and it copies everything from the internet mm-hmm. and watches all of us? It's actually a complete fallacy. It's three warehouses. Mm-hmm. It's not in the desert. It's next to the Walmart in Eagle Mountain. I pass it twice a day. Oh my gosh. We all know it's there. Uh, it's not a, it's it's not actually, a secret. It actually is Walmart. No. Yeah, the fallacies, I mean, are completely wrong. Is, yeah, they're they're just completely wrong about the facts, but it does exist. <laughs> now, but so I, they, I'm reading this quote. I'm a huge Reddit geek and I was just reading this quote from from an article and it said Uh, The technology, which the agency has used since at least 2008, relies on a covert channel of radio waves that can be transmitted from tiny circuit boards and USB cards inserted into the computers, which we know. And then the Redditor replies, okay, so they have to physically have access to the machine first. This isn't some sort of Star Trek here it's some old-fashioned electronics so however are they really however we talked about this last week where it was found that the nsa has been intercepting packages in the mail to insert electronics into other like hard drives and computers that's what's making me believe this statement 100 (laughs) percent. and the next guy says um are they talking about a modem probably seriously (laughs) Hey, yeah, you got that new modem from Cox Communications. Congratulations. <laughs> it's been slightly tampered with. <laughs> but at a reduced Exactly, price. and it doesn't void your warranty. <laughs> this is why I build yeah. my own computers. Those open box versions that you 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got it for five bucks cheaper, but guess what? No, mm-hmm. now we're just sowing seeds of discontent. Of discord. Yeah, maybe not buy a computer or laptop over an unnor- unknown kind of internet website that you've never heard of. Or HP or Dell might be the same thing. I don't know. Well, you know, I've actually wondered if the NSA has has formed allegiances, so to speak, with these hardware manufacturers so that they don't even need to worry about intercepting it. You know, you get a you get a deal with some um I don't know, motherboard manufacturer going, and you're good to go. You just stick a little thing, looks like a resistor or a capacitor or something on the on the motherboard itself. Nobody's going to know the know the wiser. Is that the right yeah, phrase? Well, yeah, I, I I understand what you're saying. Know the wiser sounds sounds like a very smart person kind of kind of. Statement. That's why I'm not sure if I used it right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally get what you're saying, but yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. That's all I'm saying. I'm one of those. Speaking of uh, mobile devices, and actually there is no good segue for this, so sausage. Um, Oh, (laughs) sorry, Daria. Whenever we we have a uh, non-sequitur segue, it's a sausage moment. Don't don't read anything into that. Just break out the sausage. (laughs) I, I just like to do the whole... Segways are really awkward, and then you just go into the next. None thing. of us can sing. <laughs> you know, I can't either. That it's may be clipped and used in the future. Just insert it into. <laughs> you'll, There's no way to make this fun. Ding. You'll be you'll be listening to one of our shows in in six months. And wait a minute, that's me. <laughs> if you love it, okay. if you loved it, then you should have put a TM on it. Um. Oh God! So BlackBerry, BlackBerry, our friends over Rally at BlackBerry. BlackBerry. Okay, so oh geez. news has come down that BlackBerry <laughs> is now considering adding support for Windows Phone, Android, and iOS into their BlackBerry Enterprise server. Well, no duh. Uh, I would like to take credit for this, but I can't. Now we've talked about this for the last, well, I don't know, two and a half years since episode one that BlackBerry needs to start supporting other phones or offer its support to be built into Microsoft Exchange. It was the only way the company could continue business, that their old business model of adhering only to Blackberries doesn't work. I wasn't the only one saying that, though, so I can't claim total responsibility. I I think everyone with half a brain was saying the same thing. Only now... They were definitely saying the same thing. That or... Um, no one uses you anymore. Why are you still in existence? Yeah, yeah, I think that was in the same breath. Actually, I, I actually believe <laughs> I that, that statement was show led title into one the time, other wasn't one. It? <laughs> that's just my motto whenever I talk about BlackBerrys. What? And that's now, it. for those of you who don't know, the BlackBerry Enterprise Server sits between your BlackBerry and your company's servers. It acts as kind of a gateway or proxy. This is how BlackBerry is able to encrypt all email traffic to and from your mobile device. Uh, it's actually able to encrypt your internet access as well, if if your administrator has set it up for that. It is for this reason that Blackberries for such a long time were considered the end-all of mobile security. And, and admittedly, for good reason. The downside means that if the BlackBerry Enterprise Server happened to go down, your phone was a rock because it couldn't get any data uh, and I think that happened actually like three years ago where... But no, it was less than that. It, and didn't it happen like everywhere except like Jerusalem or something? It was like, it was weird. It was really weird. Like everyone in the world suddenly stopped having BlackBerry access. You're right. But I mean, having that one point of control did give a lot of security for it. The problem is, is that everyone else has caught up with them on that and have offered services for everything else. Windows Phone. Android, iOS, I mean, they all have the same systems in place. However, none of them can talk with BlackBerry because BlackBerry's was proprietary. We had kept saying mm-hmm. before a listener said that we were guilty of killing BlackBerry. Weird story there. Um, we had been saying that BlackBerry really should start supporting the other phones before other people start doing it. Or 
failing that, should license its technology out to Microsoft to be included on all Exchange servers. It just made sense. They didn't. Instead, they launched uh, a series of handsets that no one wanted. Then they launched the Be Bold team. Then they launched another series of handsets no one wanted. Then they got rid of their CEO. And now they're doing what everyone has said they should do from the the get-go. Exactly. Is this just them being stubborn or stubborn, or is this them being stupid? You know, I can't honestly say. I mean, maybe this new CEO, when he said he was serious, sorry, this new interim CEO, when he said that they were serious about the mobile market, actually decided, no, no, let's get serious now. And all the previous ones were just kind of, I don't know. They were joking. (laughs) Hey. Psych. This is an awesome job. I can do whatever I want. I don't know. Well, you know. You know, when two companies like like uh, like them are both competing for business, so difficult for them to decide should we work together or not. You know, I get that. And will pe- will people pick this up? Because you know, Microsoft operating system, um, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people do. And then BlackBerry is a whole another so- story. You know, some people hate it. Some people don't. And if you were to mesh these two together, it's kind of like, uh, could it be an Oreo cookie? And would it be great? Where did I come up with Oreo cookie? But that kind of makes sense. No, yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, I mean, do you, I guess their worry might have been, have been, will we alienate our customer base by siding with Microsoft or will they embrace exactly. it? Exactly. However, exactly. from another standpoint, I mean, even, even let's cut Microsoft out of the picture. Let's talk to just BlackBerry. If you're the CEO of this once mighty tech company and things are circling the toilet, for lack of a better phrase, but it's pretty apt, and every single tech analyst out there, every single one under the sun are all saying the exact same thing, wouldn't you at least put some thought into it? thinking, hmm, maybe these thousands Mm -hmm. upon thousands upon thousands of people all saying the same thing, maybe I should consider that. (laughs) You would think you would take the signals, yeah, from from the masses. That's what what I think. Well, uh, best of luck on that, BlackBerry. Um, In other failed mobile tech news, HP has decided they're going to give this whole smartphone thing a try. You know, it it, uh, it looks like it might be pretty promising. There seems to be a lot of good profits there. Never mind that the last time they tried this, they bought Palm for $1.2 billion and then immediately sunk it. Yeah, I was going to say, didn't they already give the whole smartphone thing a try and fail miserably at it? Yes, yes. Actually, twice, because they had uh, Windows Mobile 5 devices before that. Yeah, and now they got this brand new CEO, and they want to get back into the smartphone biz. And did they get in? Apparently, it's it's not going to hit the U.S. It's going to start in India first, is what I think I read. Did about they get it. a new one, um, or is it still Meg? I thought it was still Meg Whitman. You know, I I thought I read that it's a new CEO. Oh, no, what what it is is that uh, when they bought Palm, it was a different CEO, and I forget his name now. Okay. Then they got rid of him. They got Meg Whitman. She scrapped Palm. There you go. Okay. So yes, here's here's a good indication of how um, how much confidence they have in their own product. If a company says we're not going to launch in any of the biggest markets, they're not confident. Uh-uh. But better they launch in a non consequential market and fail than launch in a major market. And fail. Well, maybe. Maybe from an investment standpoint. But let's put it this way. If you can't make it in the weakest market, why were you then trying in no the first place? doing it. Yeah. Yeah, you got why no you business doing it. No. Yeah. But also, you know how humans are. If you don't put yourself out there into these the huge marketplace and put yourself, uh, present yourself as if you're this badass, more or less... People won't be convinced that you are a badass. So you can really fool the consumer market into thinking you're amazing if you do it right. So if they just keep keep low, I, I don't know how well they're going to Well, do. here's the thing. They're actually going against Nokia down there. Nokia has become the primary smartphone vendor in India on Windows Phone 8 because Nokia is in bed with Microsoft that way. 
So what HP is actually saying is, we can't take on Android in the U.S. market. We can't take on Android in the Korean or Japanese market. We think we can take on the smallest OS against the smallest manufacturer in the smallest market. We think. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. Maybe and I think are kind of, you know, those kind of scare me. Those, those words. Now, if you own stock in HP, now may be a good time to unload it. Yeah. If you mm-hmm. haven't already. But then you wouldn't own it. So, yeah, unload your stock in HP. We're calling it now. Now, to be fair, these aren't technically phones. I mean, this is a real blurry area here. So, Are they phablets? They are 6 and 7 inch voice tablets. Yeah. So, they are huge. That's your Nexus 7 with voice calling capability. There you go. It's like holding up a big brick again, you know, a lightweight brick, whatever you want to call it, against your face. Yeah, there's Zoner's Zoner's Nexus 7 right there. doing it. Yeah. And he looks ridiculous. Yeah, it does. Seven already. If I saw (laughs) if I saw myself doing this walking down the street, I would probably smack it out of my own hand. And then laugh when it shattered on the ground. It is such well, a- did you guys hear about the you know the specs on this thing? It's gonna run Jelly Bean. Uh, it's got a sixteen to thirty-two gigabytes and a twelve eighty by seven twenty um, versus twelve eighty by eight hundred for the six and seven inch. So let's see if people yeah people get dragged in. We're, we're not running the latest things. Android. We're not running the highest resolution. We're not running incredible exactly. storage. It only has a 5 megapixel camera, so it's not it's losing on that front too. I'm not yes, sure what is... they're trying to gain. It does have a micro SD card slot though. Big whoop. It does. Yes. So does my phone. <laughs> you know what? Um that's not fancy anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. No precisely. I, I just so think we'll it's awesome that it's going to run Jelly Bean because, wow, Jelly Bean. Yeah, it's so rare now because everyone's updated to KitKat. Yes. Yeah, they have. Okay, uh, I wish Schmitty was here for this part because some more details have leaked about the S5. Now, of course, no official word has come down on exactly what's going to be in there and what isn't. So all this should be taken with a large grain of salt. Uh, however, they are they, they have a lot of leaks. Samsung can never keep anything secret. They're saying that this thing's going to have a display with a native resolution of 2560 by 1440. It's insane. Um, that's really cool. I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay this at all, Samsung. Good on you. That's an awesome screen. But kind of why? It's a 5.2-inch screen, man. What do you need that resolution for? I, I'm just kind of wondering that. And the reason I asked that, and I have a very good reason about it. I, I had an HTC Resound. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with it, the Resound also had a very, very high, higher than normal resolution uh, on a not that big inch screen. It was maybe uh, 4.8. I'm just running off the top of my head here because I don't have the specs in front of me. And it looked really beautiful. Did it look more beautiful than the ones that had a simple 1080? No, not really. Did it run slower? Oh, yeah. It turns out running that, pushing that many pixels actually takes quite a bit of CPU, which in turn takes a lot of power. So my question isn't just me trying to be snarky. It's a legitimate why. You're not... Well... Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that I read this thing on Bloomberg that the new flagship, they say that they're wanting to go back to basics, um, saying that mostly this phone is about the display and the feel of the cover, you know, it's supposed to have, uh, I think it's either a metal body or a polycarbonate body. They're actually, I think I saw that they're going to have a plastic and a metal version. Right. Yeah. So those two, but, uh, and then some people are really being sold on this idea of having this, this cover, the, the back cover being all, nice and slick and things like that and it just really reminds me that wow there's definitely a different you know style of of device for every human being because uh, 
I don't know. I just don't under. I just don't really understand buying a phone just because it's about the display and the cover. I would want it to run really well. well. You know, and Samsung th- does a pretty good job usually. That is an awesome point, and they have not done a very good job as of late for me. Uh, I just got the latest update for my S3. My phone runs like absolute crap now. Well, you, I have heard. You that. remember their latest keynote, their latest announcement when they launched the Galaxy Note. Three, I think so. Yeah, uh, there or the newest Galaxy Note tab as well. What were they talking about the most? Premium materials. Look, it has faux leather stitched backing. Why the crap do I want that on my phone? It's just going to be in a case yeah. anyway. Exactly. Give me the stats. So Give you me don't need a case. Uh, I think they may have shifted gears slightly, less into the performance and more into the image, which, okay, mm-hmm. Apple did the same thing, and it worked very well for them. I, I wish Microsoft would figure that out. But maybe they're going about it a little bit too wholeheartedly. I mean, I s- specs are still important. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm looking to jump over to T-Mobile here at the First opportunity, I can convince my wife that we need to. We're waiting for a couple other things to happen before we do it. But I'm not getting an S4. I'm going to be getting a Nexus 5. I'm not I'm not doing a Samsung. What I'm you going... should do, you should get an LG G Flex like we uh, reviewed at CES. That is, that is an option. However, I have had issues with LG phones not getting updates, yeah. and I want my phone to be updated. Fair enough, but I will say this, and I, and I am on record here in front of everyone, that is the Android phone I would switch back from Windows Phone for. I love my Windows Phone. I love that G Flex quite a bit. It gave me an eyegasm while I was down there playing with it at CES. It was super, <laughs> super awesome. But yeah, uh, no, into the T-Mobile news, because you... You hinted on that earlier. Uh, T-Mobile is looking to make some waves and make some waves that they have been doing. They have been... I have no good way to explain this, but let's back up a bit. A while back, a long while back, AT&T looked at buying up T-Mobile. Deal fell through, and in the breakup deal, AT&T gave T-Mobile a whole bunch of AWS and LTE spectrum. After that, T-Mobile then bought up and merged with Metro PCS and absorbed all of their spectrum. T-Mobile has now announced that they're going to pay Verizon $2.3 billion to pick up a whole bunch of their spectrum as well. They're going to pick up the entire 700 megahertz block A spectrum, that's low-end LTE, and a good chunk of their their higher, uh, I forget what the next one is, I want to say 900 megahertz, but... This means that the smallest carrier may be purchasing up enough uh, spectrum to really, really improve their service. Now, I think it's awesome. They're looking better every single day to me. They really are. They are are. just making good choice or good announcement after good announcement. Whether it's a good choice or not, time will tell. But it, on the surface, it would appear as such. You know, with the ETF and. paying the etf fees and uh yeah and just all this stuff the jump program that they came out with going contractless pissing off the at t security at their own party yeah they are just looking more and more attractive on a daily basis to me as a person who needs a lot of cell phones now um you remember last week I talked about how they were announcing that they'd cover your early termination fee and they didn't have the contracts. And I said the one big caveat, and it's a big one, and I used my experience down in Vegas as an example. I have T-Mobile, uh, Schmidty had Verizon, Squishy had AT&T, and between the three of us, if we were in a casino, if we were in a conference hall, or even driving to Vegas, if one of them was pulling 22 megabits down, the other one was pulling 29 megabits down, I was pulling... Two megabits down. That's a big deal. I mean, and, at, and that's the big nail against uh, big nail in T-Mobile's coffin. Yeah, their pricing is great. Yeah, they'll cover the early termination fee, but it's going to come at a cost. This kind of announcement tells me that they are aware of that. Like that's their weak point. They know it, and they're trying to fix it to get you over onto their service. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I think it's brilliant. They're making a lot of really good moves right now, and they deserve kudos. Whoever it is that's coming up with these ideas, they deserve a lot of credit because it. I think it's worked. Now they just need. Well, they. I mean, they kind of have to because, and I'm not. I'm glad I'm not the only one who saw that commercial and just thought, oh, oh my. I I I think I got to think about switching switching to T-Mobile if they're going to take care of all this cancellation fees for my AT&T contract. But, you know, you got to gameplay a different way, it, it, especially when you're, a, when you're a carrier like that because people get got sick of Sprint a long time ago. People are getting sick of AT&T. And now I just feel like it's really up to T-Mobile and Verizon to... They're, they're kind of given the best deals. And I, I would love... I would easily switch tomorrow if they would say, I'll take care of that cancellation fee and I'll hook you up and you're not on a contract. Mm-hmm. Now, there's always going to be those those fees somewhere or another. Like you're paying for that new phone, but it's monthly and all of those things that come with it. But, yeah, I, I'm pretty impressed for the most part as well. Yeah. Uh, I think the only way – it's going to come down to a grudge match between Verizon and T-Mobile. Uh, if AT&T is not careful. And so far, AT&T has not been careful, so I, I feel confident in saying that. Uh, but the only way Verizon's going to be able to compete is by lowering their prices. They already have the biggest network. They already have the coolest phones. I sound like an ad, but truly, if you look at their lineup, they have the most phones to choose from. They have the most coverage. The only other way they can compete is to try and drop their prices to be more in line with T-Mobile. And right now, I'm paying a third of what Zoner's paying. So, I mean, yeah, for for us to switch over, we were looking at it today for us to leave Verizon and go to T-Mobile for I think it was four smartphones. It's like 100 bucks cheaper a month, 50 bucks between 50 and 100 bucks cheaper a month. That's that's insane. That's a ton of money and, you know, that is a lot. With a family, that's taking the family to the movies or something, you know? That that adds up really fast, especially over the course of a 2-year contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. Um, and to some other odd tech news, this one you probably saw blow up all over the headlines. May not have understood the significance behind it, but Nest, the smart thermostat and smart uh, smoke detector company that we have been gushing about is just tech of the future, the connected home. Yeah, Google bought them. Um, we're not really surprised. We all kind of knew. $3.2 billion in cash. Uh, in fact, I think we actually asked the question because Google had announced uh, a couple months ago that they want to get into the home automation. They want to get into the smart thermostat. And I think it was either you or Schmitty, Zoner, who said, uh, well, why doesn't Google just buy Nest? Oh, yeah, huh? <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah. So good, jo- good going, jerk. <laughs> <laughs> See, we have a bad habit of that on this show, though, where we will say this is what they should do regardless of the company. This is what company X should do, and then they go do it six months down the road. Yeah. Why aren't they paying us? Really? Because we do this show for free. Now, now Squishy couldn't help but uh, point out, oh, poor Zook with his Windows phone, but... Nest is keeping all their current development team, their CEO, their management structure, and they're keeping their open APIs in place for developers to develop third-party codes. And in fact, just today, a new app did launch for the Windows Phone ecosystem to control the Nest. What does this mean down the long run, though, is anyone's guess. As far as I'm concerned, it's just Google pulling another metric about you for their database. Yep, they want to know when you're home. And what temperature you like to keep it when you sleep. Well, you know, that's I, uh, each time Google buys something else, you think, man, are they just rich or are they just wanting into our private lives? Um, no, I don't. And that's just my, uh, you know, my everybody's the NSA part of Daria talking, but seriously. <laughs> Break out the tinfoil hats. I've got uh, mine, by the way, so you're not alone no, in this. Mine's one. under my seat. I don't think no we worries. need to really worry until Google buys sleep number. Then, <laughs> then I am worried. Uh, well, you know, I was actually talking with the CEO of my company today because Nest is one of our customers. And he said he was a little bit confused by this because, yeah, Nest is a successful startup. 
but they're nowhere near what Google would need them to be in order to, you know, get that metric and those analytics I, on But I think that's everybody. why this is smart, because by Google buying them now, they can shape... They can make yeah, them that. Yeah, exactly. They can, they can shape their yep. development. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what is it? Nest only has two major products before this recent smart uh, yeah. thermostat. It was... Uh, I forgot what the first one was called. There, there's but, the there's the thermostat, and then there is the smoke detector, right. CO2 smoke detector. detector. Uh, yeah, and this right. and this is the second generation of the thermostat too. So yeah, that's you think. What? Why are they buying this? You know, this is more or less. I mean, I was in a yoga class a couple weeks ago, and I saw that their thermostat, which was at 95 degrees, and I was dying, um, was a Nest thermostat, and I just I went, whoa, cool! Like in the middle of class. <laughs> And because I was really happy to see it because I'm all about that kind of technology helping out your electricity bill and the, the trees and things. But, yeah, Google buying it kind of made me think, oh, are they going to blow this up into to this big, big, huge thing? Is it going to is it going to benefit them or benefit the company or <laughs> I mean, of course, it's going to benefit both. You watch at next year's Google I.O. They're going to incorporate Nest controls into your Google now. (laughs) Okay, Google, drop the temperature to 70. Yes, one thing that works well is that Google now. Mm -hmm. I am so okay with that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Into some bigger news, actually. Serious voice. This is my big boy voice. Why didn't we start off with this, though? Because this is like a big deal. Because it's so much more fun to make fun of Google and BlackBerry first. <laughs> That's true. we got to get the tech comedy out of the way. <laughs> um, now, net neutrality. We haven't talked about this for a while, so let's do a quick primer again, real quick, because we're running out of time. Uh, net neutrality is based around the idea that if you're for net neutrality, you think that all traffic on the Internet should flow with equal priority. Sounds really complicated, but let me give you a usage scenario, and this should explain it quickly for you. You have Comcast Internet, and you like to watch Hulu. Well, Comcast doesn't like that because if you're watching shows on Hulu, it means you're not watching the shows on Comcast's own cable networks. So Comcast decides to throttle down all Hulu traffic in order to force you to watch shows on their services. That is, that's not net neutrality. That is actually um, an unjust prioritization of packets, if you will. Uh, And this can go all sorts of different ways. You like to use Skype, but Cox Communication really wants you to use their phone service, and so suddenly your voice over IP isn't working really well. Or, you know, in the case... Usage case scenarios go on and on and on. Well, people for net neutrality have said from the very beginning, this is a public network. All traffic should be handled equally. Now, even though they've said that, that's actually not entirely true. The uh, The standards board behind the Internet have always stated that email should have higher prioritization, that communication, like vital communication, should always have higher prioritization on the Internet. But after that... After those two areas, everything else should be the same. This has gone back and forth, as you might imagine, between big companies and grassroots efforts to keep the net neutral. Unfortunately, a judge has come down on the side of the big media companies saying, technically, this isn't a public utility. Therefore, there is no way they can keep it neutral. So the Internet as we've come to know it, technically doesn't exist by this judge's standards. Or this judge and the people who helped make this decision got a very large kickback from some very wealthy media companies. I'm inclined to believe that that's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um... In short, the judge, the appeals court, uh, struck down the FCC because it was the FCC, believe it or not, who said that the net should remain neutral. Uh, and I guess the actual term for it is not public uh, network, but common carriage. The idea that everything is a common carriage, sort of like phone calls, uh, it's a common thing. Everyone's using it. It should be kept almost like your public works that way. 
the appeals court said technically that might be true for the internet at large, but how you connect to the internet is through these same media companies, and it is their right to do what they will with the signal. Mm-hmm. So does that mean we're screwed? Well, not yet, but uh, we're one step closer. <laughs> yeah, we're getting close. This is bad. <laughs> Oh, I'm laughing when I'm scared. Oh no! <laughs> Is that nervous laugh that you get before you, before you it's get happen- murdered? You know, it's ha- it's happening now. And what is this with with Netflix being affected? Nobody better mess with my Netflix. <laughs> huh. What'll probably happen really- is Netflix will have to increase their price in order That's to pay. Yeah, they'll have to end up paying a licensing fee to the ISPs to keep their speed up. Now, Randall Milch, uh, Verizon's executive vice president, head of policy and general counsel, uh, quote, this is his thing, one thing is for sure, today's decision will not change consumers' ability to access and use the internet as they do now, end quote. I think reading between the lines there is what he's saying is, this does not change the fact that we still own you and control you. (laughs) Just like today. (laughs) That was a very carefully worded statement there, Randall. But I'm on to you. It, it was. Oh, we're all on to him. Oh yes. You can't hide behind those fancy words. <laughs> that's for sure. Now, um, let's switch gears into happy news, shall we? Because that's just kind of a downer. I like happy. Yeah, uh, Zoner's gonna love this one. Sim City. I am so happy. He's like giddy. <laughs> Sims. He already knows what we're doing. Sim City oh, is going offline. Now, that doesn't mean that they're shutting down the servers and they're turning it all off and it's no longer available. It means that if you ever bought the game, Zoner, and haven't been able to play it online, Zoner, you will finally be able to play it <laughs> offline, Zoner. <laughs> Welcome so to a glad. happy Zoner world. I just, I just really wish, you know, that, um, or I really hope that you don't have to log in through Origin to play because I hate Origin. But, uh, you know, if I can play it and not have to worry about all the online crap that was not necessary to begin with, it just makes me so, so happy. Now, we've been doing this show two and a half years now. I don't think we've ever really had a happy Zoner interview. Not when EA was involved. In- or Lucas. <laughs> or Lucas. Oh, too. See, I've killed it. I've immediately ruined his buzz. (laughs) Now, you know, while this is all great news, you know, I can't really help but laugh at how determined they were in the beginning to convince us that this was never going to happen, that this was not possible. Oh, yeah. To have it offline. And it's like, here we are and here we're doing it in your face. It is, so. Yeah, it's technically impossible. The game just won't handle it. Oh, except it yeah, will. You know. Oh, oh. By the way, we were just you know waiting to just it, just show this to you and Bing Bang Boom. Get happy about it. So yeah, that leads me to believe that EA is full of crap. Just saying. Yeah. Just yeah, saying. Yeah. All right. But you know that's not the only happy news we have. Yeah. The, the happy. The other happy news is that twenty four. You know, with with Jack Bauer, uh, twenty four is returning to the air. And he ha- oh my gosh! I know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I know I'm new here, but that means Daria Happy Day. It really does. I grew up watching the show uh, forever. They talked about making the movie, and that was never going to be good enough for me. It was it, it was one of those shows that, in hindsight, you know, well now I look back and think. You know, it actually wasn't that great of a show. Oh, if you think about tongue. shows, I know. You know, I'm like trying to compare it to shows now, and and no, it was. I could just and Chloe, Chloe's coming back. Oh yeah, um, they're all coming back. Okay, so Kiefer Sutherland is coming back. Most, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack Audrey Bauer. Rains. Yeah, um, Kim Revere, uh, William. Jane, William Devane. Yeah. Uh, and I'm excited. Even though I was never a 24 fan, I recognize it as good TV. I just never got into it. You know, there's shows like that that I don't actually follow, but I can still appreciate for being good. But I'm excited because yeah. Yvonne Stravinsky is joining. 
Yes, from yes, Chuck fame. Yes. Yes, the Chuck guy. Mm-hmm. Chuck and Dexter and uh, Mass Effect 2 and 3. Yes. Oh, Mass Effect 2 and 3. I forgot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, she is a I, – I have a soft spot in my heart for her. Now, strangely, yes. this does not have 24 episodes. It's only got 12 episodes. What the heck? And they're going to still be real time? So should they call the show 12? Well, they, should mean, call the, they should always have called the show 12. Maybe maybe he has like a nap between hours, you know? No, Jack Bauer no, defused you know, a bomb and took some time off at a bar. He's got to he's gotta get tired, you know? How many times does he have to spurt out hundreds of thousands of lives are at stake? And, and I mean... Dude, you gotta take a nap. You never see him eat. He never goes to the bathroom. This is not real time. I'm sorry. And Mr. President, you have to trust me. <laughs> we have to get to Midtown to, defe- to stop the terrorists. But first, I have my yoga lessons at five. <laughs> It'll take about an hour. Minus commercial Hot yoga. Yeah. I have to call mom. Yeah, no. Um, it, despite all of those things aside that aren't realistic, Jack Bauer is my my uh, secret older man crush. Well, it's not secret you anymore. Guys, you guys are the first people I've told about. Now, so. question here for you guys. Do you think they're only doing 12 because this is kind of like a tentative? Like we're trying to see, uh, the, like they're trying to see if the interest is still there. And by doing the yeah, 12, I, I do. Yeah, I do. I, I bet they're going to test it out, and if everyone reacts really well, they'll sign on to 12 more. Yep. I bet I bet they will do that. All right. Well, um, we had some other headlines, but we are going to have to skip over them and get into some no. feedback. Oh. oh. One, one more. Wally West is coming back. <laughs> He's been gone since the DC-52 F-up. Whatever you want to call it, reboot. What year was that? When was that? It's been a couple years now. But he is coming back. He is coming back. There is much rejoicing. Now feedback. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) last week, at the very end of the episode, I said Schmitty and I. Squishy corrected it to Schmitty and me. Big whoop. Well, our... Our grammar police, Ruff, who I say that with all affection, writes us in. Picture this. Early Monday morning, New York City subway. Everybody typically grumpy because it's the start of a new work week, except one guy with headphones laughing. He must be listening to some good comedy. Nope, just the end of episode 146 where Zoot gets totally owned by the new and improved grammar overlord, Squishy. Yeah, thanks, Ruff. Like, I didn't notice that happening already. Uh oh, no, I'm so scared of all the sentences I said in backwards formation the last hour. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, Zook, one word of suggestion always insist on different recording streams so these sorts of things can be fixed in the editing booth. Cheers, Ruff. Ruff, you're absolutely right. Normally we do do that. However, uh, last week at CES, I don't know if anyone caught that our audio sounded kind of funny. That's because Zoner was back up in Utah, still at home. Squishy Schmitty and I were down in Vegas, and our hotel had no real good spot to use as a recording booth. It was like 100% tile. So what you heard was the three of us gathered around a single mic in the closet. Uh, He had this really huge walk-in closet, and we had draped all the extra blankets and comforters and towels around the wall to try and limit the echo. didn't work real well. And... uh, that's why it was all through one mic. That's why we couldn't edit it that time. Normally, we do do separate streams, so there's that. Uh, also, in feedback, or rather just a straight-up question, uh, Zane wrote to us on our Facebook wall. First off, he posted a picture saying, because this is relevant, and it's a really, really creepy comic, uh, Google talking to a little Google+. Plus, Papa, why do they not love me? And Google saying, I do not know, little one, but it is no concern. And then he turns kind of creepy. I will make them love you. Uh, that comic is actually haunting my dreams now, Zane. Thanks a load. And then the second thing he asks is, how does the Oculus Rift work for those who have glasses? We did get to use the Oculus Rift a lot at CES. It was pretty awesome. I got a little nauseous playing on it. I won't lie. Uh, I don't have glasses on at the moment. I'm wearing contacts. Uh, Schmitty has you know freakishly good eyesight, but Squishy is actually blind as a bat. He was able to use the Oculus Rift pretty well. It wasn't totally comfortable, but the effect still worked. Now, the Oculus Rift is their prototype, and it's the one everyone's been seeing, but Oculus actually was at CES, 
showing off their Crystal Cove. It has a much higher resolution. It has a very different uh, build to it and infrared LED sensors around it that can actually track your head motion. So you can actually lean into something to look at something closer or tilt your head left and right like you're peeking out around the corner. That one has a different gasket for the eyes that actually allow you to uh, wear glasses a bit better. So the Rift you probably will never see in stores. The Crystal Cove or even the one, its successor you will see in stores, and they are building it with that in mind. So there's that for you. It's it's a it's a huge deal, and you know they also uh, one one big issue with the Rift that they uh, pretty much eliminated is um, blur. Oh yeah, the, the way that the way that they built in those those cameras and stuff, and the way that you use your head to tilt back and forth in reality, pretty much uh, the the stop motion more or less. You can you won't get that dizziness effect to where when you take it off, you feel like you're gonna throw up. So that's something to be really excited about. They just made such big improvements with the with the cove. I just cannot wait to see it. Very much um, so. Distribute. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay, thanks for your feedback. Again, you guys can give us feedback anytime. Feedback at StolenDroids.com or give us a call, 801-917-GEEK. That's 801-917-4335. Into our favorites this week, uh, mine is actually a toy. Mattel has launched a new line, or will be launching soon. You can pre-order now, and it's available over at Maddie's Collectibles, but it is the Neutrino wand from Ghostbusters. Okay, that sounds pretty geeky, and admittedly, it is. But this is a limited-time run. They're $130 each. It has all the sound effects, the special effects. The beam emitter actually extends out on its own. It has all the lights. It is gorgeous. No word yet on the rest of the Proton Pack. However, the thing does have a hookup for a cable and also has a uh, hook for the holster that goes on the back of the pack. So one can only think that it's only a matter of time before Mattel finally brings that out as well. If you're a Ghostbusters fan like me, uh, this is a big deal. You understand why I'm so excited about it. You can pick one up. Uh, Pre-orders are now. And while you're at it, pick one up for me too. (laughs) Okay, my... My favorite this week is there's a video going around for some, I don't know, new horror movie that's coming out. And it they took this devil baby animatronic thing and put it in a radio-controlled or remote-controlled stroller and sent it on a rampage through the streets of New York with a hidden camera watching people's reactions. And I always enjoy watching people get so scared that they fall down because I'm a horrible person. But this is just uh, almost two minutes of just pure hilarity, watching this little devil child pop out of the stroller. Um, It will haunt you, and I haven't slept since I watched it like three days ago, so that might explain a lot, but uh, it's it's awesome. Check it out. Awesome. Um, Real quick, I'm super excited. I'm a big Raspberry Pi dork. my brother, who is the uh, CEO of the company I work for, actually built a little miniature computer out of the Raspberry Pi. I'll stop bragging about him and talk about my point. Um, there's this brand new device called the Pi Pad, and it's a Raspberry Pi powered tablet crafted from wood. And um, I'm super stoked to write write an article about it. Um, so it's basically this, this guy, Michael Castor, set on a mission to build a Raspberry Pi tablet. And it's an all-in-one system. It's usable, portable, and based on Linux. And it looks super, super good. So check, look up the PiPad. P-I-P-A-D. Awesome. Super excited about it. Now, uh, Daria, we, we only have a few moments left here, but we did want to say, uh, uh, Daria comes to us from the YouTube channel, Redheaded Geek. Now, where can people find that? Uh, you can do one of two things. Just if you go to, if you go to YouTube, um, the channel that I'm located on is the company I work for, and it's called PartsPeople.com. Um, you can either go to that channel or you can literally just look up the Redheaded Geek Show. I am on about my 40, 
47th or 48th episode. I've been doing it for about a year. Um, you can find it there, or you can find it at partspeople.com under the tech news section, where we have all of our tech news articles um, for the week. And my show is basically tech humor, but I gather the best and the most interesting tech news of the week, kind of like you guys do, and just present it in Daria form, is what I call it. Just being me. Very cool. Well, Daria, thanks for joining us this week. It's been absolutely awesome having you on the show. Always nice to have uh, extra opinions where they count here. Uh, again, you can find her on YouTube. We'll have links in the show notes. Uh, until next time, though, cheers. Good day. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production. <laughs>